This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Feminine Essence. Feminine Essence is a podcast for women following their passions in business. Each episode of Feminine Essence, we feature interviews and advice on how to increase your visibility with greater success and impact while inspiring you to step into your feminine essence. Here's your host, Steffi Joe. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Feminine Essence, Empowered Passion to Business Success. This is a podcast for women following their passion in business. I'm Steffi Joe, your podcast host, and I want to thank you for joining me today. I am really excited to introduce you to my guest. And before I do, I just want to remind you, if you'd like more information about the Feminine Essence podcast, just go to my website, www.expressyouressence.com. And of course, I would love it if you choose to subscribe. So today, my beautiful and lovely guest, is Kelly Murley. Now she will inspire you to dream of your next retreat in exotic places. I'm telling you, she is the woman that just exudes adventure. So Kelly, personally, what she does is she takes women entrepreneurs on what she says is mojo reviving creative retreats to bucket list destinations about four times a year. And she offers a complete done for you retreat organization service for those who want to leverage their income and impact by hosting their own out-of-this-world getaways. And let me tell you, she's going to tell us about an out-of-the-world getaway she just came back from. And she does, I'd say Kelly does all of the legwork, which I love. I mean, I'm pretty busy and I want to go on these retreats and, and treat my clients and have amazing experiences. But you know, just as well as I do, we've got a lot of things on our plate. So how do we do this? And Kelly has a solution for us. Kelly was originally from Alaska and she's relocated to Arizona in 1986. And she's been here ever since. She fell in love head over heels with the beauty of the desert. And she is passionate about connection, joyous celebration, adventure, and the amazing transformational power of travel. I love that she brings that up because travel even for me on a personal level can be transformational. To bring it into your business and do retreats for your clients, it just adds this next level to the work that you do with them and brings you know that transformational power. I just love that she says this. So before I say too much more, and because I could go on, I just love this subject. Let me introduce you to Kelly Murley. Welcome, Kelly. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Steffi Jill. I'm tickled to be on your podcast. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I am so excited to talk to you. I know, I know that you just came back from a retreat in Morocco. You did. That is very exciting. So. It was 13 days with 10 women through the entire country. Starting in Marrakesh, I mean, I'm sorry, we ended in Marrakesh. So we started in Casablanca and made our way through even the Sahara Desert, up in the Atlas Mountains, mm. uh, visited Fez, the Tanneries. It was fantastic. And then ended in Marrakesh. Oh, that sounds so wonderful. It was. We hit off a lot of bucket list things oh. while we were there, riding a camel. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and and the, the history 
I can't imagine, you know, the history that in that part of the world too. It is just filled. Yeah, we went to, I think it's Bolibus, if I'm pronouncing it right, which is one of the largest Roman ruins anywhere. And uh, I think Gladiator was filmed there. Quite a few places, things have been filmed there. But it was just magnificent to imagine, you know, what it was like because they had an aqueduct that came down out of the mountain. They had fresh water. They had tile floors with murals on them that you can still see today. And just, you know, to stand there, you can just feel the and imagine what it must have been like when it was completely, you know, complete and it was such a bustling place. So, you know, seeing it that old of a place. And then we, when we were out in the Sahara, we saw nomads and went and talked to a few of them. So they, you know, pack up their tent and take off every few days and go to a different location and have been doing that since the dawn of time. So it was just really interesting Mm -hmm. to get to know uh, a lot of how people really live. We Mm -hmm. went through a place called the Valley of Roses. So they, everything was made uh, that they did all the rose water, all of these rose fragrances Mm -hmm. and just all the stuff that you can imagine people would do with roses. And then there was a a thousand date tree place uh, or a million date trees. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, you know, they have all the dates and people working that area and lots of agriculture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm in Arizona here and it is so much like Arizona. It was just a shock. Wow. Um, The mountains are a lot Mm -hmm. like here. A lot of the vegetation, the bougainvillea, oleander, uh, they were, oh, look at the beautiful oleander. We're like, Okay. <laughs> I guess it is beautiful. <laughs> oh my. Well, at first, you know, you're talking and, and you're saying the roses, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking desert, you know, dry, nothing. Right. And also, you're talking about roses. Yeah. And yeah. I was ha- having a hard time imagining that until you just said it was like Arizona. Right. They have just tall mountains and valleys too. So, and then where this where the wind goes in uh, off the mountains and it creates the Sahara Desert, you know that is just all desert and sand and stuff out there. Uh, but it has just it's so similar to Arizona. It really surprised oh, me. That's amazing. Yeah, oh, it is. Well, we could have spend our whole time talking about. We that. could. <laughs> It's somewhere everyone should check out. And what's nice about Morocco is it's very accessible. It's not far. Yeah. And I didn't think about that. You know, right. it, it just seems so far away. But now it does. as you're talking and, and sharing, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, it is doable. Yeah. Uh, you know, like when you fly to Bali uh, from the US, it's clear on the uh, other side of the earth. So it takes a good 14 to 16 hour flight. One of your legs is going to be at least that long. And when I went, it was 16 and then another six hour flight. So it's it's like a two day journey that or trip that you have. You have to add two days on to either end of your trip. So mm-hmm. you consider that when you're booking somewhere and Morocco is just under Europe. So it's, it's really, you can fly right over. Over there, it, especially if you're on the East Coast, it's very wow. accessible. Nice. Yeah. Wow, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kelly, <laughs> I wanted to get into for our audience is a little bit more about you 
and why you are doing these incredible bucket list retreats. What about your essence is connected to this and how did you get started? Can you share? I know, I'm trying to think how I can make this short and sweet because it's kind of a long story, but I always say that I come from a family of nomads because I was brought up in Alaska and that was after um, I was born in California and my family had traveled all across the United States and ended up in California as far west as you could get. And then, of course, my dad had to keep traveling and up north we went to Alaska. So, you know, and so I just think I always have had that wanderlust in my heart, but we weren't raised that way to where we went on vacations. I saw other families go on vacations like that. We did a lot of camping and, you know, close to home. Uh, We did all pretty much of the West Coast uh, Mm-hmm. camping and, and checking it out. But I always really wanted to go to Europe and all of these places. And I had big plans when I graduated from high school in Alaska to head down to Seattle and become a stewardess or a flight attendant so that I could see the world. But of course, life took over and I got married and had babies instead. <laughs> you know, but that was always kind of in the back of my head. And then always just trying to figure out how I could travel and, and just see the world. And I just thought, it would be something I would get to. And before you knew it, I was 50 years old and I took a, I actually do some writing and I was taking a travel writing course. Uh, I just really took for fun. And she had you start out with your bucket list. What's your top 50 locations that you want to go to? And I couldn't write 50 locations because I wasn't aware of the world the way that I thought I should. And I was just like surprised at myself. I'm thinking, well, I can't even come up with 50 places, <laughs> you know, for crying out loud. And so I pulled out a map and I just started thinking, oh, yes, I do want to go to China, of course, you know, I want to see Australia or whatever. So, you know, really started getting that list going, Mm -hmm. you know, really analyzing the fact all of a sudden that, oh my gosh, I'm 50 and I'm not, I haven't seen any of these places. And I, how the heck am I going to go and see some of these places? Well, even though I hadn't really been out of the country, I had been traveling within the country with my book club. So in uh, 2000 in Y2K, uh, my girlfriend and I started a book club and it was probably three or four years into book club that we realized we wanted to travel to these places. And my favorite story is uh, we went out to, uh, so we were reading Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil and we wanted to go to Savannah, Georgia. So I said, well, I'm uh, working here in my husband's office. I have time to look for us a a place to stay and, you know, a hotel or whatever, and I can check out the flights and blah, blah, blah. So that's really how uh, me getting organizing travel started for a group was with book club. And we were just doing it for fun. But like in Savannah, I found this magnificent mansion right in downtown that Mm -hmm. we could stay at and feel like, just like in the book, you know, how they were are living in these beautiful mansions in downtown Savannah. And the cost was so much less than renting like four or five hotel rooms and all sharing in a room. We rented the whole house for the weekend. It had room for all of us to sleep in and then uh, just had so much fun because we were all together during that weekend. And so that was uh, one example of one of those trips going. And then uh, we ended up going somewhere every single year. I really enjoyed the 
the budget of all things because I do, you know, uh, taxes and payroll and insurance for uh, my husband and our, my company. So I really enjoyed uh, throwing the budget together for the ladies and saying, hey, you know, here, we can do all of this, this and this, and it's only going to cost this or, oh, this is going to cost too much. So let's figure out a way. So little did I know I was building bucket list retreats yes. at the time. I really had no idea that that's where it was going to take me. And I had a childhood cancer that left me with a crooked foot. So when my foot grew, it kind of twisted. And it was right around that time too that I was going to get that foot fixed. And I had a five-month recovery. So I was recovering or, you know, recuperating. And all of this just started gelling in my head. I had all this time off. I had a new office manager, so I didn't have to go into the office. And I had, I, it just started gelling in my head. And I came up with bucket list retreats. I'm like, I think I had figured out a way to see the world and, uh, you know, just the joy of traveling with others. When you see, you know, the statue of David, it's awesome. It's awesome to be there and to have a feeling, but to be able to turn to someone and express that feeling and then hear their expression, it just amplifies what it's like to see the statue of David when you're you're able to discuss it with someone else and, and revel in their joy too. So, oh my gosh. (laughs) So what I'm hearing is you birth this company from a girlfriend retreat and then somehow the universe gave you this time as you're recuperating to put it all together. Exactly. It's like it was meant to be. It yeah. just felt like it was. And, you know, I'm getting chills thinking about it now. But you do, you know, when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, it just seems to work. It would still work, you know. And they say, you know, the worst way to kill uh, your love for your hobby is to turn it into a business. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, it's turned out to be work that I've, you know, having to market the company and uh, learn to do sales and all of those things that with my husband's company, I didn't really uh, jump into because I was just running the back office. Yeah. Uh, but it, you ha- if you don't have that love, how are you ever going to make it through the stuff that yeah. isn't so fun to do with your business? So exactly. it's that joy that I just turned back uh-huh. to and go, oh yeah, you know, this is a really special thing that I'm doing. Yeah. So I just love it when you see, uh, when others, uh, you know, want to do something like this and you know the, what they're going to get out of taking a week off and going on retreat. I just love that. I think your story is a a really good example of what I like to say is it's you are coming from that empowered passion to business success. So you got connected with this and then circumstances and life and everything brought brought it together. I just love that story. Really nice. Yeah. So what I'd like to ask you then, you know, for the female entrepreneurs, the feminine entrepreneurs that are out there, the listeners. So as an entrepreneur, how would it benefit or they could 
incorporate retreats into what they do, you know, maybe for their clients or whatever. Can you kind of speak to that for us? Bet I'd love to. Well, first of all, just uh, being an entrepreneur, I know that uh, the ladies uh, specifically, because, you know, we're all about the ladies, they're out there doing it all. So they're, they don't have uh, maybe an assistant or anyone to help them with their business. So they're doing absolutely everything that has from soup to nuts. What did they say that? Is that how they say it? Soup to nuts. <laughs> but so uh, just going on retreat, of course, is a huge gift to you and your business. It's hard to see. Sometimes you think, oh, it's frivolous. But I had on this last retreat specifically to, to watch two or three different people have real breakthroughs. Because when you take, you know, I think it takes like two or three days to even get out of your mindset oh, yeah. when traveling. Yes. And, you know, a lot of people do what they call these two-day retreats. I think that's awesome if you're going to really retreat. But if you're just going to fill your mind with more <laughs> information, that's not a retreat. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you're going to um, a beautiful center and, you know, doing yoga and meditation, by all means, go for it. <laughs> so I just think it's really important for you to take a break. That's when the great ideas come in, when you're walking down a path, or that's when you solidify something in your head that you maybe have been playing around with. That's what happens when you take a, you know, a good seven to 10 day retreat. So that's what I propose always is to try and do that. Mm -hmm. So if you're an entrepreneur, you need to go on one yourself, but you might want to consider like uh, I do at Bucketless Retreats is organized retreats for yogis, authors, coaches, anyone that has a following. So if you have a following, you're already selling a program or a package, but people want more of you, that's when you know you want to have a retreat. So if they're saying, oh, but you know, can I have you know, a day with you? Can I have two days? Oh, do you do a two-day intensive? And if you're not up for that yet, you might, or you know, those are awesome too. You can certainly work those within a retreat, but that's when you really know that a retreat would be good for your business, for you to host your own retreat. Oh, I like that. So I guess when I was listening to you, I heard, you know, the retreats are, are really for that relaxing and getting that creativity back, being able to relax the mind. So then, you know, it's refreshing. We all know it's refreshing to get that oomph back into whatever you're doing in your business. Yes. And the joy maybe that you've lost. Mm. And that's when the creativity comes back is when you start smiling again, when you, you know, you've forgotten all of the crazy, you know, the website isn't working and this irritating client has called you 5,000 times today. You know, that when you get away from all of that for just a minute, then you just, you know, have the happiness or you have an opportunity for that little girl to come back, mm -hmm. for the smile to come back in your face and just the joy that you know you're missing in your life. What I really liked about when I heard about your trip to Morocco is that, you know, it may not be as far as you think, but it is out of your element. Yeah. When you get out of your element, then it's really hard to let the everyday creep back in because you're so immersed into 
something different. Yes. A couple of the girls had got internet packages on their phones. So we would be driving through the Valley of Roses. It's just absolutely beautiful. They have all these little castles that they call caspas, just one right after the other. And they were on their phones. And I'm like, ladies, please, please put your phones down, you know, just for the next 20 minutes as we go through this beautiful place. So, oh, I hope I didn't. (laughs) You're good. Uh, So that's what, (laughs) uh, you know, what I just say, you know, you want to have that moment and you, and take the time for all of that. Yes. Oh, that sounds wonderful. So as you're talking, I'm envisioning, oh, I want to do a retreat, you know, it would be yes. some of the essence, a feminine essence retreat. Oh, it would be so much fun. You know, that would be so much fun. I, I can picture it now. We could do New York City and, you know, maybe go have a bra fitting or something. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and a luxury bra fitting. <laughs> Whoa, you know, that, uh, oh my gosh, I think that would be awesome. <laughs> it would be awesome. So that's what we do is always try to, you know, fit in with whatever it is that you do. I like and that. It, yeah, then it uh, t- all ties in together and makes a lot of sense. I'm trying to think yeah. of a, a good example. Well, I have had some retreat training also and went on a retreat about retreats. And sh- our teacher did this. She's like, let me show you what I have been teaching you. So that was a really good way for her to do that. And then this artist that we worked with, she we did an artist in residence retreat for her. So we went to Tulum, Mexico, just south of Cancun. And she did art classes on the beach every day. And we knew it would be a hit, but we could not get the ladies out of the classes. They just loved it. And we're like, ladies, there's a whole beach out there, you know? Uh, The class was over two hours ago. (laughs) But they just fell in love with it. So when you get uh, those people that that is their thing and that's what they want to do and to have the teacher right there at their hand, you know, at hand, it just really makes for a great retreat. I was going to say, that's exciting. I'm just now understanding that you work with, say, entrepreneurs, women in their businesses and everything, and with what they are doing with their clients, and you help them design a retreat around what they do that would be interesting and that their clients would like to do. Exactly. Exactly. And of course, on their schedule. So Like I say, two days isn't my favorite, four days isn't my favorite, but if it's all we can do, then that's what we'll do and we'll make it the best retreat that you mm-hmm. know you could offer. And a lot of people, entrepreneurs do it at the either to kick off a program or to wrap up a program. Say if you've had a six-month program, everyone's been working on a book or whatever, uh, then we come together for a week and you know, six months from now to you know, go over everything that everyone has done. So it's, it's really, it works really great for that type of application also. Nice. I, I could love to talk more about that, but <laughs> there's a few other questions um, sure. I was thinking about. Say just for in general, I mean, with all your experience with traveling and everything, that is, you know, what kind of tips 
as someone who's traveling? What could you give women? Do you have some tips for us? Well, for sure. There's different types of travelers. So knowing what type of traveler you are is really important. For example, I just went to book club a couple nights ago and I was telling the girls about Morocco and we had went to a hammam up in the mountains up there, which you end up, they strip you down, put you in this room uh, and then uh, all together (laughs) and then spew steam in there to like get your skin Ooh. all ready for the scrubbing you're about to get. And so my what one girl- this room? What you it's, call it? It's called a hammam. So hammam. It's, okay. it's a bath that they have in Morocco. Mm-hmm. And they're, the higher end one I went to in Marrakesh was expensive. And I mean, it's amazing. You go in and they scrub you within an inch of your life. And then, <laughs> you know, you shower and then they, you lay on a chaise and they serve you mint tea. And then you, they come oh, and give, get you and you get a massage. But this one up in the mountains was just completely different. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious, but all the ladies took it in stride. But a couple of the girls at book club are like, Girl, Kelly, I don't know if I know about you those bucket list retreats of yours. That's not on my bucket list. And so of course, you know, it's good to know, is that something you could roll with? So when you read the uh, trip list and everything that's going to happen, is that something that you think you could roll with or not? And, you know, or are you the type of person that wants a feather bed and wants marble floors and pillars and that type of thing? So it's good to kind of know what type of traveler you are. I have one other story about my mom. I took her on retreat to this beautiful beachside location, but they were casitas that we are staying in and uh, they didn't have electricity in the casitas themselves. You could go to the yoga room or the living room or the kitchen and plug in your devices and stuff and charge them, but you didn't use a blow dryer. So on the review, (laughs) she's the only one that gave me a four-star review because her hair did not look nice all week. So... You know, it's that's a mom. That's it's just so funny. I'm like, of all the people to give me a four star review, it's my mom, and it's because she couldn't fix her hair, and that's her thing. So I get it, and it's good to know that about yourself. You know, are you going to be all right if you can't blow dry your hair every single day, or? Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, if you're going to swim every single day and that type of thing. So that's good to know. And, you know, it kind of plays into looking nice and, you know, things Mm -hmm. actually I've learned from you, Steffi, (laughs) you know, um, when you're traveling, I think Mm -hmm. it is important to look nice. And, you know, the reasons is just because you feel better. Number one, on the, this last trip, I ended up having to live out of my suitcase for two or my carry on for two days. So let that be a lesson to everyone to always carry an extra set of clothing in your carry on, which I did, thank goodness. But, and you know, Uh, by the end of the two days, I didn't feel my best because I wasn't mm -hmm. looking my best. And I would see other people who looked nice in the airport and I'm like, oh, I I don't like being the grungy traveler. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, you know, number one, it just makes you feel better. And then uh, you also get treated better. So this is huge. If you ever have, you know, goals of getting bumped up to first class, it's never going to happen if you're, you know, looking 
if you're just you know not looking like someone they want to have in first class because those passengers up there don't want to have you know some grungy person either sitting next to them. So and then when you get to the hotel, you know you're more likely to get bumped to a better room if you have the appearance of that matters to you. Mm-hmm. If you look like it doesn't matter to you, they're not going to it's not going to matter to them either. So you know at that. A lot of that I have learned from you and and a lot of other ladies who are like you who always put your best foot forward. So thank you for that. (laughs) Well, you said something there. It was like, you know, people react. You are reflect, you're reflectors for each other. You're attractors for each other. That's right. If you feel good about the way you look and what you're in, then others will feel good. So they're giving, returning what you feel. That's right. Yourself. So yep. that makes sense. That makes it sense does. that you put it in the travel terms. And I, I think that's great. I'm going, now going to think about, I have not put an extra outfit in my, my, <laughs> my carry-on. Oh, yes. I'm going to think about that. But it's definitely going to be an outfit that aligns with my essence. That's right. <laughs> it won't be, you know, maybe my workout outfit. But <laughs> Right. Yeah. I, thankfully, I did have that extra outfit. Let me tell you, it really did come in handy. <laughs> And I've seen things, and that's what brought me to that. I've seen people spill their coffee on others. Oh. Or even if you're mm-hmm. not the one that does the spilling, you could get spilled yeah. on. Uh. So, you know, if I don't know. If you think, if you don't have a layover, well, that's one thing. But if yeah. you have a layover, you never know what can happen. <laughs> so I think it's a good idea. And and then, you know, another idea as far as dress that I always like to throw in is to remember to dress like the locals. So if they're covering their arms and their their knees, then do the same. A lot of times though, uh, they don't particularly want you to dress exactly like them. Mm-hmm. Like they're not wanting you to wear a burqa, you know, if they're right. wearing burqas. So a lot that happens sometimes too, uh, and not just Americans, uh, Europeans, Australians, you'll see you know, they go to some places and then, you know, oh, let me put on a kimono, (laughs) you know, and the locals aren't big on that. So it's important to kind of get a feel for where you're at and what they, you know, how you would fit in the the better to fit in than anything. And it's respectful. You're in their their community and they're in their country. It's respectful. I guess that reminded me of, I lived in Saudi Arabia for a few years and the idea of covering up I didn't have to cover, you know, my hair with the burqa and that sort of thing, but the long sleeves, the long dress, you know, it was out of respect and, you know, they appreciated it. Right. So, and then I felt better. So I felt, you know, more accepted. Yeah. I felt better. So I really get that. That's very important. Yeah. And you are going to feel more accepted if you're, Mm -hmm. or you are going to be more accepted if you, you know, adhere to what they're used to doing. It was so funny in Morocco, they uh, were putting turbans on all of our heads before we got on the camels and all the ladies look so pretty. And the guy who was doing it, he goes, it's not just for cover up. It's because us men like it like this. Oh, (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's like, I see why, because all of the ladies look absolutely stunning with oh. just their eyes peeking through. Oh, and, how interesting. You know, so yeah, it's not, yeah. you know, just for covering up, but so, it's a way of yeah. enhancing their eyes. <laughs> oh. So in their culture, that's, oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, wow. it really was. What is- what a wonderful yeah. trip and yeah. and all the in the learning and everything that you you know and you teach and you're about it you were living it and, and right it's so great to get to know the customs that they have yeah. and uh, Morocco had a time change the first time ever when we were there and just to watch all of them deal with it and talk about it and to know oh, what we deal with yeah. you know here in the states it, it was just really funny but um, you know also so as far as dressing nice, another one of my favorite things about it is organizing what you're going to be wearing before you go. Yes. How, how do you do that? Yeah, <laughs> I, I have a little cheat sheet that everyone is welcome to get. Oh, and perfect. You can get it uh, through, bu- or through Facebook if you look at Bucket List Retreats there. And then I have my five-day ultimate trip planner. So that's a freebie that I give away. And it's it can be adapted to a two-day or a 10-day, but I just named it the five-day and put things on there Mm -hmm. uh, or places on there for what you're going to wear for those five days Mm -hmm. and then only pack those items with maybe one or two little changes in that. And it just makes it so much easier to travel knowing, you know, what you're going to wear instead of just throwing in, a, you know, what you think you might wear. It's better to say, okay, on day one, I know I'm going to take a walk in the morning. I need my workout. Uh, you know, I know I'm going to do a little bit of touring. You know, I'm going to need this or that. And then that night we're going out for a nice dinner. So I'm going to need that. So it's great to know all that. And then you're packing just those things. And I'm obsessed with that packing cubes. I don't know if you found those yourself. I have. Yeah, I have. Like them. I haven't mastered them. <laughs> it does take some mastering. Like yes. I have one just for my toiletries. Mm-hmm. And that way, especially if you're group traveling and sharing a bathroom so uh, or a restroom like I did at this last trip, I could just grab that one little bag and go and use, you know, shower and everything I needed and then back, you know, swap out back to the room. So mm-hmm. I really like that. And uh, packing as many outfits as I can in one little square makes me really happy. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm just one of those people, you know, see how I much room it. I have left for yes. uh, souvenirs. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, Kelly, we're, we're close to um, closing here. And I have a question. Question, if you're open, you I would love to ask you this particular question. I ask this of all my guests. Or is that okay? Can I ask that? Okay. So Kelly, if you had the ability to come back in another life as a flower and you could choose where you would grow and bloom, where would that be? Hmm. Well, my favorite flower, but I don't want to grow and bloom there. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is the Alaska forget-me-not. So that's oh. my favorite flower. Yeah. And then when we were hiking up in Morocco, I think I saw my first Edelweiss, Ooh. which was a song that was sang, sung mm. at my wedding. So I'm like, oh. Yeah. But uh, our, my logo for Bucket List Retreats is the dandelion. Mm. And the fact that it blows in the wind, I, it really does attract that to mm. me. So, uh, And they grow everywhere. 
I've seen them everywhere. So I think that would have to be it. Because by them growing everywhere, then you could just travel all over and feel at home. And feel at home. Yeah, that's that's what I like. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It just gives us a little insight to the essence of who you are, Kelly. Thank oh, you. yes. <laughs> okay, you're welcome. So I will put in the notes uh, for everyone who doesn't have a pencil to write down and they would like to learn more about you. But can you please tell us if they want to learn more about you, how would they find you? You bet. Well, uh, you can text the word retreats to 72,000 and that will connect us right away. You'll get my information and I'll get yours. So that's great. And then I'll put you on my newsletter to keep the listeners up to date with what's going on at Bucket List Retreats. And that's a great way to get a hold of me. If you're interested in having a retreat in you'd like me to organize that for you. And then of course, I'm on all of the social medias. And so if you type in bucket list retreats, you can find me through all of those. And then, and your website's is bucketlistretreats.com. That's right. And I'm sorry that it's not quite up to date for with 2019 activities, but it will be any day here. So Ooh. next year we're doing gonna... always Sedona. We do a magnificent retreat in Sedona, Arizona. Everyone always wants to come to Arizona. So I always have that retreat. And then we're doing a Peru retreat that includes Machu Picchu and the Amazon. So we're going to the Amazon and getting in a boat and going up the river. So oh. I'm really excited about that. Oh, that and then I have a luxury London retreat uh, for those ladies that do not want to get in a boat and go up any river. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit of everything. So That's right. Nice range. Awesome. And I have some beautiful places that are uh, well connected with. If you want me to organize a retreat for you uh, and your following, I would, be, I would just love to do that. Oh. Well, thank you, Kelly. Okay, I appreciate you, you being with us today. Day, and I look forward to uh, checking out your retreats. Okay, so. sounds great. Thank you for having me, and goodbye, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. And if you're interested in hearing more and finding out how to work with Steffi Joe to enhance your feminine essence for greater visibility and success, visit expressyouressence.com. Until next time, be your essence. This is the EWN Podcast Network.